0: Family and friends treating me differently ever since getting into medical school. How do I even proceed? I was going to keep it on the down low, but my sister posted my acceptance on social media. I initially got a lot of welcomed congrats, but there are some people who are going a little overboard. Specifically, some distant family and acquaintances who probably weren't even aware I still existed. All of a sudden, they're asking me for help Or to just hang out as if we've been friends for a long time. It's absolutely gross. (laughs) Anyways, how exactly do I tell these people to kindly fuck off? Mm. This question comes from Reddit user Dilation and courage.
1: Yeah. Having never been in this exact scenario myself... I I don't know. I've never experienced a sudden influx of attention I think that's a fair
0: disclaimer for anything that you say.
1: (laughs) Well, sometimes very similar things. I've been in this exact scenario. Yeah. Well, when I I got into medical school, (laughs) no, I, like, I just think that it's, it's such a funny premise to me, not in a way of like, it's silly and this person shouldn't feel that way, but, um you wonder, okay, what is it about this new piece of information that suddenly got people's ears perked up? Like, what do they think this person is now suddenly going to be able to offer them like free medical
0: advice? Oh, I assume uh, money and power that this person uh, is going to have a greater status than other people in their family. It's right. not a family of everywhere Everybody's a doctor.
1: Sure. Sure. Obviously. Yeah. Or maybe it is. And they're like, welcome to the club. Finally. Perhaps.
0: Yeah. I could, <laughs> it could look that way.
1: Um, yeah. well, I definitely share your sense of frustration, I would label it maybe, uh, with like, okay, these people who previously, quote unquote, never knew you existed or you didn't interact with at all. And then this piece of information that you didn't want to put out there gets put out there, which like, that's a boundary violation for another topic or another day. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But now suddenly you have this burden to bear of people that want your attention um, for some reason that's really not a fundamental like aspect of you or I don't know. I just, I share your emotions and let's, let's help you figure out um, what's the best way to talk to them about it and to share your, to express how it makes you feel.
0: Yeah. The question was, how do I kindly tell these people to fuck off? Mm -hmm. Um, If People are trying to take up time with phone calls or in-person meetings, uh, meals shared and shit like that. Uh, I've got a lot to do with med school. Yeah,
1: (laughs) you have a brand new excuse built
0: in. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that that's fine to say and people who are in med school have said that to me and I'm like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I get it. That matches my expectation of somebody in med school. (laughs) You're learning like the hardest thing that is the most important thing to learn that is Mm -hmm. like the training that we all get is – It's like somebody going to basic training. You're not going to ask them to go for a jog. It's like, oh, no, I'm in basic training right now. I'm like (laughs) joining the military and going through that thing that we all know is really hard. So you don't have to give more of your time away than you want to. And um, in the preliminary period, I guess, leading up to med school, it sounds like where you are right now. You can just say that you have a lot of things to get ready that Mm -hmm. if they've been to medical school then they might know that that's bullshit. Or I don't know if it is or not, but it sounds like they haven't been to medical school. So yeah. you can just say like you're applying for something or you're studying for something, you're preparing. You, yeah, you're you don't, just preparing you don't need for be, a life transition. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. doesn't have to be directly med school related. That could be looking for apartments. That could be looking for other accommodations or getting rid of things, just generally tying up loose ends, right. switching yeah various accounts and insurances and that type of bullshit like you don't need to give people the specifics um but if people are suddenly interested in you because of some relative power or status increase yeah it's okay to feel like these people are being inauthentic and maybe they are maybe some of these people would own up to that and be like oh yeah i didn't really recognize you before i didn't appreciate you mm. and um that's got to be like okay too, unless they're being manipulative and lying about it. Some people are attracted to power. Some people are attracted to status.
1: I think most people, yeah. but some people express it and some people don't. Mhm. But uh yeah, I guess what I what I also said about the sister, I'm now realizing like no, I do think Let's we talk should talk about, about Go that. Ahead. Um because Yeah,
0: that's that's bothered me.
1: Yeah, because At the end of the day, that's really where the boundary violation occurred Mm because these other people that are kind of just like clingers on and suddenly want your attention, um, they're they're not directly as at fault or they're not like a vessel where you're going to really say fuck off because they haven't um, transgressed in such a big way as your sister did Mm -hmm. who took it upon herself to announce something publicly that you weren't going to share because – Perhaps you feared exactly something like this would happen. Um, And I think that it is important for when we have these moments where we feel violated or we may not recognize that we felt violated to stand up for ourselves and just say it doesn't have to be like you punish her or do anything too dramatic, but just to let her know and express for yourself that she stepped on your toes and you didn't appreciate it. Yes. I think that would clear up some of the grossness you feel too about the other people that are now coming to you because it gives you an appropriate place to say, hey, this isn't what I wanted for myself. Yes. Back off kind of.
0: Here's what I'd do in your situation. I'd write a very mean letter to my sister Mm -hmm. that I don't send, but that I allow myself to say all the insults, call her whatever names, bring up the other times that she did some bullshit Mm -hmm. like this. Write that all out for myself burn it, delete it from, not not delete it, keep it someplace where she's not going to find it. And um, then craft a nonviolent statement to her that expresses just what I need her to know, which um, the best template I've found for this is like, I saw you post something on Facebook um, and You can, you know, soften this by saying, like, I think you're doing that because you're proud of me and that feels nice. Right.
1: Assuming the best intention. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It seems like probably she didn't do this to – but maybe also some of it is, like, reflected glory. She wants to elevate her status based on yours, and even that can be okay. It's like she's owning the group identity of being your family member, whatever. All you have to say is, I saw this. I felt blank – Mm -hmm. Seems like angry. I felt angry or I felt disappointed or I felt hurt. Uh,
1: Or disgusted.
0: Yeah, disgusted um, because I didn't want people to know this and I felt uh, violated maybe or exposed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, I would like you to ask me in the future before you share life information about me with the public because that seems like my thing to share and- you are the one that put it out and your sister is allowed to get angry. She's allowed to whatever she may have a irrational or like a difficult reaction for you. Yeah. But um, instead of calling her a name, instead of saying like you gossip, you gab, you, whatever you asshole, <laughs> like just try this, say, I saw this thing. I felt this way. I'd like you to do this in the future.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Cause I, again, I think that it's, it's important for just sort of your own internal conception of yourself to make that correction or draw that distinction um, to almost make a contract with yourself of I stood up for myself Mm -hmm. and I didn't just let myself kind of be uh, taken advantage of, which I think is part of the pain that you feel in these other relatives now reaching out when before seemingly they had no interest in getting to know you because that's that's also a hurtful element of Mm -hmm. this is like, well, you motherfuckers didn't give a shit about me until now I... You know, I'm I'm doing X, Y, and Z with my life. And I, it's perfectly natural to want to be included or engaged just for being who you are and not because you now have some accolade. Yeah. I totally understand that frustration.
0: I want to add one thing that might make it easier to accept why people are giving you attention is there are two ways that this works. Also, you getting this acceptance might change your behavior or the way that you see yourself. And that mm. in itself might be more attractive to other people, whether they know that you mm-hmm. got accepted to medical school or not. Some people might just notice like, you know, there's um, you can become a much more attractive person by believing that your future is bright compared to like a more desperate or hopeless state of mind. It just shows up on your face and in your voice and in your body language that uh, you may seem you may appear more welcoming to people or more self-possessed after receiving this attention.
1: Yeah. uh, I think another thing to say is, you know, I'm not 100% sure this is your situation, but a a lot of people that I encounter personally and professionally really struggle with accepting recognition, Mm -hmm. uh, being seen for their accomplishments in a positive way that's not gloating, um, just owning that you've done something that you're proud of people, people feel really struggle. Yeah. They feel ashamed
0: that pride is shameful.
1: Right. Because it's like, well, you, you are responsible for making sure everyone else uh-huh. who is lazy or whatever, you know, not feel like you've done better than them. Maybe there's some of that sense of yeah. like, you know, be quiet about your accomplishments, um, whatever it is, but
0: it's one of those seven deadly sins
1: is what pride pride.
0: Mm. Can yeah. we just pick those apart? There's someday? a healthy, yeah, right, <laughs> it's not, it's not right, right. Less right is now, a but... sin, Lol. lol.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Any of these things can be excessive.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I would, as an extra credit kind of task, is mm-hmm. just sort of think about, give some consideration uh, to what is so difficult to, for you about being recognized for something positive by, mm-hmm. by whoever. It doesn't matter if it's family, friends, strangers, whatever. But yeah. we, I want to say also, here's your first test snippet we recognize that you achieved this amazing accomplishment i've never attempted to get into medical school i wouldn't it seems like it would be really hard yeah. <laughs> and i know you know i do know a lot of people who have tried really hard failed tried really hard succeeded and it just seems like you're entering a community of a lot of really wonderful uh prestigious high achieving conscientious individuals so congratulations
0: yeah i think it's really cool that you got in and um i don't know if you're free to get dinner or sometime i'd really like (laughs) to hang out now that you got into
1: medical school (laughs) before i literally didn't know that you existed yeah
0: i really didn't but now that i've heard about you getting to medical school i'm like whoa can we can we spend some time
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's so great well hopefully that helps a little bit and you don't have to feel gross you didn't do anything wrong you're just being you and uh you also similarly to letting your sister have any emotional reaction she wants you're allowed to have whatever emotional reaction you want you can say kindly hey go fuck yourself that's fine people will forgive you or they won't but you probably
0: feel fear of that because you think it'll hurt people's feelings and that's another feeling to take into account. (laughs) you know you don't just feel disgust or anger like
1: right Totally, Uh, They
0: appear together. And so just try and channel all of them and uh, give them all their due space.
1: Yeah. And I really hope that in your pursuit of medicine that you um, take into account some of these underlying more emotional or psychological things. And and just my personal stab at uh, helping support you is to uh, help. Help people understand medicine in a more integrated way. I hope that you're a part of that wave.
0: Yeah, (laughs) great, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Free Advice. Here comes the sounds of Free Advice. (laughs) Free advice. 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 Would you like free advice? Free advice. Free advice. Advice, hey everybody, welcome to episode 40 Whoa Yes
1: Are we self-conscious about being 40, 40, 40 or are we fucking chilling? Because 40 is a great age to be
0: I think <laughs> I think I'll be stoked about that one yeah. I, I think I'll think young is whatever decade I'm in
1: Yeah Until
0: I get into the next one, I'm like, well, I'm not 50 When right. I'm in my 40s, I'll <laughs> well, be like I'm that Well, I'm not 60, well, I'm not Yeah, 10. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard generally old is, is uh, people 10 years older than you and more. That's when what people define as old.
1: I think that I think it's a state of mind. Yes, there are physical limitations more and more that you have to accept as you mm-hmm. age, but you can still have access to the freedom that is available between your ears. Should you choose
0: the freedom available between your ears? Are you talking about the nose holes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm talking about the brain, the uh, state of mind.
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree with that definition of young and old. Yeah. Young is flexibility and openness to new things. Old is closed off, like I've got it all figured out. I have everything that I need and my life is set in stone. I think you can become old. You can come old at nine years old if you want. 100%.
1: I know a lot of kids like that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Old kids. (laughs) Yeah. Puberty is going to throw them for a loop. Let me tell you. (laughs) If you're old when you're going through puberty, you're going to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. More uncomfortable than it it already is.
1: Right. Exactly. Oh, boy. And what an uncomfortable time it is. Puberty. Yikes.
0: Yeah. Glad we're out of those episodes. Oh, Episodes like 12 through 17 were. (laughs) So awkward. (laughs) You could just tell we didn't know the fuck we were doing. Who gave those to a podcast? Who said you could drive? You you passed the permit. Ugh. (laughs)
1: yeah we really hit our stride in our 30s we
0: should have had our parents sit in the corner while we were podcasting (laughs) to to supervise us
1: oh my god i don't think we would have ever gotten off the ground oh really yeah i mean my parents aren't fans of the podcast i'll just put it that way
0: mine both eat it up yeah not my mom not my dad yeah maybe someday we'll see maybe someday we'll see we'll see so uh yeah what do we got That's Morgan Beard over there.
1: And that's Rob Zaleski sitting across from me.
0: And what we do on this podcast, if this is your first time tuning in, is we take listeners' questions, sometimes just strangers on the internet's questions, and we uh, give them advice.
1: Yes, we offer our personal experiences, our professional experiences, our humanness, and we try to provide some guidance, guidance, some useful things to think about, some different perspectives, some resources, whatever. Whatever I feel like the situation calls for. And, and we try to have fun along the way.
0: We all, we have mandatory fun. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> we're not allowed to have... Uh,
1: Hile fun.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're allowed to be serious for maybe five minutes. Yeah. Once you've gone past five minutes, the other person starts... <laughs> indicating non-verbally to the other, I'm like making big eyes and flashing my fingers at Morgan right now, doing kind of jazz hands to Do remind her, "Hey, hey, Do it's gotta be fun again." <laughs> you've been you've been really serious, and yeah, all that stuff was really deep and important. But like, let's get back to let's what make this a fart is. sound. Yes,
1: let's talk about buttholes.
0: Let's bring up which the butthole.
1: We've really neglected we've really neglected our metaphorical buttholes and literal buttholes. I would the past like episodes
0: to give some unsolicited advice to our listeners, please. If you find that you are aloof, or you come off mm. as cold, just somehow not warm. Mm. Examine your butthole. In the morning when you wake up, <laughs> look at it in the mirror. Remember that everyone- Which can be hard. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be your butthole. Maybe there's another part of you that you are more grossed out by or more avoidant. Start
1: with a side cheek. Uh,
0: g- no, I'm, I want to advise oh, you, wanna you go, go right directly to the part of you that you're like mm. the most grossed out by. Mm. And then remember that everybody else has one and probably has some varying level of shame around some piece of themselves yeah. off in their butthole because it's stinky yeah. and poop comes from there. Right, you know? right. So this is the way to be warm, is to acknowledge that everybody has a butthole and everybody mm-hmm. farts sometimes by accident. Sometimes people get sweaty at times they don't want to and sometimes people <laughs> mispronounce words and they make faux pas and they rub people the wrong way. And if you can forgive yourself for having a stinky butthole... You can share that with other people and be like, hey, we all fuck up sometimes. Sometimes you say a joke and nobody laughs. And sometimes you ask somebody on a date and you really misread the situation and things are awkward. And if you can give somebody a hug or just a verbal uh, confirmation, like a reassurance in that moment, then you become a warmer person. And warmth is one of the three components of charisma alongside power and presence.
1: Yeah, don't bleach your butthole. Just get to know it a little better. Just be friendlier towards it.
0: You know, Kanye West uh, opened up his long-awaited album, The Life of Pablo, Mm -hmm. uh, with a rap lyric. If I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole and I got bleach on my T-shirt, then I'm going to feel like an asshole. Mm. And it was the first, like peek into what his, where his mind had been for the last three or four years <laughs> in between Jesus and this album's release. Yeah. And, uh, man, what a memorable line that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way that he was talking about bleached assholes and ruining t-shirts immediately.
1: Yeah. Cause we're not supposed to acknowledge those things. Like, it, which is so ridiculous.
0: What are some things we're not supposed to acknowledge?
1: Um, that, that like, we make
0: poopy and it smells bad.
1: Yeah, that. Um, And also, you know, like, oh, okay, the things that we've improved on or changed in order to conform to a standard of beauty or to make ourselves feel a little bit better about Mm. how they're like bleaching our assholes, for example, um, is like. Oh no no no! This is like just supposed to be this like supernatural, like very natural thing, not supernatural, like a ghost <laughs> butthole. <laughs> <laughs> um, like yeah, yeah, like just don't pay attention to the yeah. fact that I made this attempt to even you know groom this area. It sounds like
0: you're talking about effortless perfection.
1: It does. I am. I'm skirting the issue of mm-hmm. effortless perfection. Yeah, it's not. It's impossible to be perfect. So therefore, of course, it's fucking hard. Yeah. And then, yet, in this other kind of cosmic God's divinity way, we are all perfect, you know?
0: Mm. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there's your advice. Look (laughs) at your butthole. Be warmer. Yeah. Accept that things don't go our way and sometimes our bodies don't cooperate with us. Even the coolest, slickest Keanu Reeves and the Matrix types person, uh, uh, Tom Cruise and Top Gun, whoever you think is really cool. Even they sometimes fart by accident and shit their pants.
1: Yeah. Is there something um, specific going on in your life, or just that you're thinking of that that made you particularly uh, desiring of sharing the warmth butthole mm-hmm. theory?
0: uh a Personal, nothing, <laughs> nothing consciously was, uh-huh. w- but now I can generate one. Mm. I had a, a party on Saturday that I couldn't find my deodorant, and I was like, "Well, fuck it, I'll just mm. be smelly or whatever." And then later on in the night, uh, we were making a bunch of music and hitting on drums, and I was like, "Wow, I'm really, I really reek now." Mm. And I was like, "Okay, this is kind of like a, it is offensive to other people's senses, perhaps." But maybe I'm giving them permission. Maybe there's something appealing about being stinky with other people and maybe like a bond of like, wow, we're not even concealing our smells with each other. This is like a certain intimacy Intimacy. is created by that.
1: Yeah. Shared vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Totally.
0: Houses where everyone has their own bathroom in the family. Maybe those aren't as tight of families for just that reason alone.
1: That's an interesting point. Because you're not
0: smelling each other's shit and reminded like, oh, yeah, everybody poops and, and it smells bad.
1: Right. It's like, go in there, do your thing. I don't want to hear about it. I never want to. I, I, um, when I would fart in a room, yeah, um, my mom would very like accusatorily and like shaming kind of we, Lee, like look at me and be like, did you do something? <laughs> like she couldn't even be brought to like name the activity it. that was done and it's like dude
0: yeah, like what's a good yes response? what's
1: the what's the problem like yeah i don't know i don't know what the good response is because i'm already like just like you know the angered by it just even yeah, revisiting yeah. that memory which okay. i kind of do a lot
0: hmm. maybe you should write about this
1: yeah mm-hmm and well, and it, you know, and a lot of parents too use like sort of flowery, fluffy names for like genitals or things like that. Yeah. A fart in my household, just to my mom,
0: was a yeah. rosy. It's like a rosy,
1: rosy. Yeah, isn't that ridiculous?
0: I like that.
1: Wow, I hate that you like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to fart on your mom.
1: i I'm, I'm, I approve. I'd like to give her a whole bouquet. <laughs> a rosy and a pansy and a yeah violet-y. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it was just this like, let's not even remotely acknowledge the things that are our flaws, the things that are our yuckiness, our messiness.
0: Did that um, come off as warm to you?
1: Not a whole lot. Yeah, it's no. the opposite of warm. Yeah, right? it was pretty cold. Yeah, pretty coldness cold. is
0: that expectation of people matching an ideal, of people being like yes. flawless, of people be, you know not having blemishes and mistakes and moments where their bodies don't cooperate with them and they say all the right words in all the right way. And- um, yeah, so if you want to be a warmer person, which I recommend because it will help you uh, be more valuable to other people and to make people like themselves. Like, the, Here's a big mistake in pe- people trying to get others to like them is thinking that they should appear perfect.
1: Oh, my God. Right?
0: Like, Like, oh, people will like me if I don't make mistakes and if I seem smooth and mm-hmm. don't fuck things up. The easiest way to get people to like you often is to fuck things up and love yourself or, like, forgive yourself or laugh about it or invite them to laugh with you.
1: Nothing makes you more approachable than if you act like a doofus or make a mistake or whatever it is.
0: Hiccup. It's all good. This is um, the fool, the jester, the clown. This is, like, their role is to make mistakes in a big way that other people can see themselves and still find some love for themselves to, like, teach people, oh, yeah, this person has crazy jealousy or this people this person has rage or this person is just uh, crippling depression and they've still found some way to accept them to, to mm-hmm. talk discuss about these things with other people. They don't they aren't so bound in shame. Or even if shame is the thing they're discussing. If like a comedian is doing a bit about being so ashamed of themselves for eating that whole tub of ice cream. Like you you get someone modeling for you. Oh, right. I have a little bit of this trait, and this person is out here, and people are laughing about this. It's okay, and it's I less threatening. My flaws. It's yeah. less
1: threatening when someone else is exemplifying it, and you and you can laugh because there's that distance. Versus if that comedian was like, "You fatty, you look like you just ate a big tub of ice <laughs> right, cream." Right. Like, whoa, no, nobody can laugh at That's that. That's a threat. Yeah, <laughs> it's not safe.
0: Yeah, yeah. there's that. Um, the formula is like. Create a sense of danger and then assure everyone that it's actually mm. safe.
1: Mm-hmm. Restore yeah. that trust, that yeah. security. That's where yeah.
0: humor comes from. So, what cool. else
1: are people asking? What do the people want to know?
0: What do you want to know? Do you have advice?
1: <laughs> um, do you need something? Answered I have for a little you? thing. Yeah, I have that? a little thing. It's pretty easy. Okay, um, what's that? I am flying to London tonight. <laughs> That's me in the sky and um i you want my
0: flight tips
1: (laughs) i don't know that i want to give you that loose of a green light but what i'm really looking for is like ways (laughs) to entertain myself on the plane all right
0: (laughs) here's some traps the snack trap once you start you're just going to keep passively eating to like soothe the discomfort decide whether you want to have a meal or not i think that this is one that I fall victim to a lot of like. Oh, I'll just keep eating some more nuts, and then I'll have a little fruit, and then I'll have a little chocolate, and then I'll have a little. I'll order a little thing. will order, and it's just like three hours of just. Uh, that's not. What is that a would problem? Do. It doesn't have to be, but I generally don't feel good when I eat that way. It's like I'm kind of just in like uh. a half. I'm never really full or really. Yeah, uh-huh. I just feel kind of gross afterwards and then covered uh-huh. in like salt and things that <laughs> fell in my lap. And a, I would rather, here's what I prefer to do is find the Chipotle at the airport or whatever your favorite chain is and eat a big meal before the flight. And um, here's some things you can do uh, on the flight. I love reading, switching to uh, audio programs, mm-hmm. music sometimes, but loading up podcasts yes. and audiobooks onto my device. Yeah. Excuse me. that's the first sneeze that's ever happened i can't no it's not it's it's the first sneeze episode 40 and we finally had a sneeze
1: no because we did that joke about sneezing and coming that must have come from you sneezing and you were like i don't want to have a sneeze on the podcast and i I was like why not i
0: I faked that sneeze to make you feel better about yourself (laughs) i can i'm comfortable enough with you now that (laughs) i can tell you that i was i pretended to sneeze so that you wouldn't be embarrassed about uh, what? About your inability to pepper me properly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a yeah. rich uh callback for those Thank listeners who have been there from Yeah, since day, day one. one.
0: <laughs> All right. Um so you're on the plane. Yeah. Hopefully you're not in the middle seat.
1: Dude, I might be. I got one of those like cheapo tickets where you don't even know what seat you're in until mm. you show up, so probably but, you know, it could be a weird time to fly and it could be one of those flights where you randomly get on the plane and you're like, wait, there's way more seats than there are people here. I'm, I'm going to be able to move to whatever down. row I yeah, want. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> take all three to myself. Fingies
1: crossed. Fingies <laughs> crossed.
0: <laughs> um, do borrow my neck pillow. I have a neck pillow. You have a good one?
1: Ooh, I you don't know. I bought it at an airport.
0: <laughs> yeah. You need to buy the $40 Cabo. Whoa. memory foam high neck pillow. Here's the problem. Most Ooh. people get the $10 pillow yeah, that yeah, yeah. Um, just sits on your that's shoulders and is kind of like a bib that's maybe th- three inches, two inches high. You need the one that's like six inches high and comes up to your jaw.
1: I'll try it. I'll try it Because
0: then you can lean to the size. It actually gives a neck support. The flimsy one doesn't really do anything. You want it to be mm-hmm. like a pillar on your shoulders that you can lean either way yeah. and you have uh, full neck support.
1: All right. I will try that try on mine. before I leave.
0: I'll give it to you for the, for the duration of your trip. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Now, there's always the opportunity for passenger conversations. <laughs> this is something that you want to scope out immediately upon seeing who's there <laughs> really
1: no, I agree
0: okay um here are the certain here are some types of people that could be sitting next to you uh somebody gross <laughs> they're taking up too much space, they smell bad mm-hmm. and um. You don't like it,
1: yeah. Well, th- those two things together are not a winning combo. They're probably yeah. a perfectly nice person, Oh, but as perhaps. a person but next right to now, you, you're, you're stuck
0: seat. with them yeah. for an, a transatlantic flight. So, yeah. in that situation, talking to them could make them more palatable.
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: or it could be really annoying. <laughs> it could just add on. What if you also don't like the sound of their voice? Oh no, it's a risk. You basically want to avoid those people however possible. Yeah. Um, I usually don't talk to those people. Yeah. Here's another one somebody that you're kind of attracted to. Mm. Okay. They either look cool or they look hot. You know, <laughs> some the, temperature. No, no, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like sexually attracted to them. Like you're, you're interested. Know. Okay. But
1: both cool and hot are also words we'd use to describe temperature, is kind of what I'm saying.
0: You're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. You got me. me Yeah,
1: I've had I've had all of the above scenarios.
0: A plane is a unique opportunity to have a potentially deep conversation with somebody that you never have to talk to again and Mm -hmm. will never run into again, most Mm -hmm. likely. So it you can have great conversations with uh, people on planes and then you may want to abandon whatever book you were going to dig into or whatever album you were going to listen to or podcast you were going to tear through if you find that it's that type of person. But you also have a good escape anytime you want to when you're talking to somebody on a plane. You can just put your headphones on and say, I'm going to try and get some rest for a little bit. That's socially, at any moment, you have the right to like end conversation with the person because it's a plane. We get it. You can't be stuck talking to somebody for nine hours and maybe you're tired. This is an overnight flight, right? Yeah. So like, Yeah. you have every right to end things after five minutes and say, I'm going to get some sleep now. I'm going to put on my earbuds or I'm going to put in my... Bring earplugs. Do you have some? I do. Okay, great. Um, that's a good
1: That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Should.
0: Bring your own water so you're not beholden to them. You got to just bring an empty water bottle of and course. fill it up once you get through security. You know that trick. Okay. Um, that's about all I have for you. That's plenty. Comfy clothes, sweatshirt. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. It's going to be so cold there. Like coming from L.A., it's going to be shocking.
0: I shocking. believe it. I believe it. I do.
1: Anyway, thank you for that advice.
0: You're welcome. Nothing was super novel, I guess, but.
1: That's okay. I didn't need to be like revolutionary. All right. (laughs) I didn't think you were going to tell me something that I didn't know. Like, oh, you can just go hang out in the cockpit.
0: If you have. (laughs) Fly the plane. That's that's crazy. (laughs) If you have wireless headphones, but they have a wire, bring the wire so you can plug into the armrest if there's in-flight entertainment, and then you can use your good comfy headphones rather than the ones that the airline will make you pay for.
1: Oh yeah, no. I would never use the airplane's earbuds unless it was like a emergency situation.
0: Like you wanted to watch a movie and you didn't have earbuds.
1: Yeah, but I always bring
0: I always wired bring. headphones. Well, I don't
1: have any wireless headphones. You don't
0: have wireless headphones yet?
1: I am. I recommend them. N- I can't right now. I just can't.
0: Why I not? can't be bothered. Why not?
1: Cuz I have headphones that work perfectly well. And they have a wire. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you would I thought the same thing. It's like it doesn't really matter. It makes such a difference. Okay. It's huge.
1: I just, you know, I get frustrated with Bluetooth connection because it fails so often. In what way? Um, It like randomly turns on and off. Like your phone has to be in a certain mode to use it. I don't, I mean, that's not really true, but you know, they're just, it's not perfect (laughs) yet. It's not seamless. Yeah, on. Phone
0: has to be on to use it. Phone has
1: to be on, which is so frustrating. (laughs) <laughs> All right. We got to get off this airplane thing because everyone's like, what the fuck? I'm I mean, maybe someone's flying soon. Maybe someone's flying mode. right now. But hmm?
0: you want to turn off airplane mode? <laughs>
1: yeah, I do. <laughs> I want to turn back on advice questions mm-hmm. for other people that it's aren't me pun. mode.
0: Let me just say uh, okay. Bluetooth technology and headphones has progressed to the point where it's it's worth it. It was shitty a couple of years ago. You're right. And it was more difficult. And now, um, yeah. Uh, I'll give you a demo. Okay. Yeah. It's All good. Right. Okay. Um, Let's go back to some questions. How about from our listeners, from our future listeners who (laughs) didn't even know they were writing into this podcast. (laughs) They were just posting some shit online. All right. Um, This one comes from M S Q R E X. Hmm. How do I ask my new employee to stop wasting the drinking water? I recently hired a young man Hindu from India From what I understand, in India, they do not use toilet paper, but use water to clean themselves after dropping the kids off at the pool.
1: One of my favorite phrases for pooping. It's
0: a euphemism for pooping for anyone who doesn't know. Fine by me. Do as you please to your own body. The issue is that he has a bottle that he fills from the water cooler to accomplish this cleaning. We are a small company of three employees, and since his start, we have more than doubled our drinking water usage. Is there any religious or other reason why he needs to use this water from the (laughs) water cooler or can he just use the sink? The water cooler water is much more expensive and it is intended to be used for drinking. How do I ask him to not do this without being awkward or offending him?
1: You know, when I first hear this question, I thought the issue was going to be he is filling his water bottle from a communal spout and then like pouring it near his butt and then like using it again. It's not that it's not that it's
0: it's cost is what he's saying. That's the stated reason. Right. Which I have some doubts about.
1: So, Oh, please.
0: I think, um, it could just be, you think this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) How expensive is it really? Is what I want to ask. So mm -hmm. in the comments, somebody asked something like that. And he said, we're going through almost a five gallon jug a day now. So he's using a lot more water. Yeah, I would, um, yes, you can broach the subject and say that I've noticed that you're using a lot more water. Um, if it's for cleaning purposes, would you be interested in us installing a uh, attachable bidet? These are about thirty dollars on Amazon. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow! You so can you've get the good kind. It. I, I have. We have a mutual friend who swears by it and says that oh. we should all install it on her toilet. Best purchase she's made in years. Okay. They're more expensive if you want a heated one. Um, you can go to thewirecutter.com and uh, read the long form review of various uh, yeah. attachable bidets. But you can get a cheap one um, for about thirty bucks. That may be something that's worth. Adding to accommodate this employee. And if you're just grossed out by the idea of, even though it's directional of like away from the drinking water to the butt and never back the other way, um, it still might gross you out, especially if you're reusing a bottle and you don't need to get specific. And I recommend not getting specific about like, do you touch the bottle to anus? (laughs) You don't need to. That's one way to make it awkward. So yeah a good way to answer your question of how can I do this without being awkward or offensive is think of what are the things that you might say that are awkward and offensive, write them down or talk about them with a trusted friend and avoid those things and understand why they're awkward or offensive. Uh, yeah. But it's okay to ask somebody uh, if, it, if, if you're coming from a place of I'm trying to accommodate you and solve the problem of cost, then that's a reasonable conversation to have with a totally. person.
1: I think, yeah, I think that, um, I didn't read so much into the tone of, like, I'm personally grossed out by that, although it may be on some conscious or unconscious level part of what's going on. Um, But to me, this person seemed, like, pretty chill, but they were just purely trying to communicate, like, look, do what you got to do. But, like, the problem with it is the cost um, and that it's disproportionately high. Like, maybe if someone only drank half the water everyone else drinks and used a little bit on their butt, like, it would be fine.
0: Um, Yeah. If everyone drinks, like, let's say a gallon a day. And this guy's using three right. times as much.
1: Right. That's just, that's like, it's almost, I guess another question I would have is like, what if this person really was just drinking it? Mm-hmm. What would you do then? Because it's like, you can't say like, hydrate yourself less. Um, but I think that you can just, you don't even But certainly if honestly, someone was drinking
0: 25 gallons a day.
1: It'd be pretty wild.
0: <laughs> they would maybe die.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the way that I would approach it, I think you don't even necessarily need to do it individually. You don't have to reference this person at all. You could just send an email to all of your employees Mm-mm. and say, "I've noticed that <laughs> our water what?" <laughs> I didn't do this during your response. Okay. Okay. Because my so- shit was good. <laughs> <laughs> your bottle didn't stink at all. Um No, it no but I think that like as a business owner, when yeah. you're looking at all of your expenses that you need to take care of your employees, you can just say Hey, there's been uh, like a uh, – our, our water usage has gotten – has tripled and I just want to make sure that everyone's clear that the water that comes out of the drinking – the, the um, you know, whatever, the gallon jug that I purchase at the water cooler um, is only being used for drinking purposes. Any w- water that um, – it doesn't need to be potable, can be used from the sink. I think you can easily just say that, not reference any butts, washing, specifically this employee, whatever. Everyone, of course, will know that you're t- – probably will know what <laughs> there's you're talking there's about. This a three-person company. Who
0: cares? So if it's just you're roping in an, a, a one other employee unnecessarily, I think.
1: But I mean, if you if you're on un- my point is if this boss is uncomfortable singling out this employee at all, if how that's the discomfort, know, how does he know he's
0: using it on his butthole?
1: Right. Well, I don't know. He has that's... a bottle
0: that he fills up. Yeah. And then he sees the guy go into the bathroom, and then it's empty. Maybe. What if he's washing? So I mean,
1: he could be brushing his teeth. Yeah, you don't could know.
0: have like whatever happens in the bathroom with that water is really a mystery to you. Assuming you're not like. Over- <laughs> Unless you. Right.
1: That's why I think you should just say, you like, just got to give noticed. people
0: water, man. <laughs> like, what happens if you get rid of the drinking water and you just have a water fountain that's normal? Well, that's another solution. Do yeah, you, do you could need do that. this purified water? That's, what I, that's another thing I was yeah, going to say. If he's got the standard of he only wants to use purified water on his butthole, I think he has that right. You know? Why not? Just because it's not something that I care about. Like, if that's what he thinks his butthole is up to that standard of he needs good the best water for it. Like, if he would bring Avion from, not that Avion's the best. I don't take sides on this war, but it's definitely not Dasani. But say he brings Avion <laughs> I prefer from, Dasani over Avion. Really?
1: I think Avion kind of like paper.
0: Dude. Dasani is Coke without it's, the syrup.
1: It's so funny that this question of all the questions has like divided us straight down the middle of like now we're suddenly like contentiously debating, this, <laughs> which is what I love Good. about this question.
0: Yes. Um, well, I, yeah. There's a lot here. Okay. There's the somebody's from a different culture and you're yeah. worried about being sensitive to their needs and not right. making them feel like an outsider or unwelcome. That's mm-hmm. a good impulse. Totally. I think if you value this employee, if he's doing a good job, even if you don't, yeah, don't use his cultural differences as a reason to alienate him. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. Use totally. the work. problem. I don't think this
1: problem has, has to be solved at all by not like, I don't think acknowledging anything with his culture. I don't think his culture has to be relevant to this.
0: Yes. But if this is a, uh, person of your same background like they grew up in a family that looks just like yours right down the street from you then you may think like hey just stop being weird dude like (laughs) do what everybody else does and wet the toilet paper in the sink water and then use a wet wipe uh, impromptu wet wipe um that may may not be what everybody else does I don't wet the toilet paper before I wipe personally I was
1: gonna say I've never heard that but yeah some people use wet wipes I've
0: done it only if I get distracted while I'm on the toilet by something on my phone and I'm there for too long and it all dries out and I'm like well I gotta (laughs) I gotta gotta somehow wet this shit to get it off or else Dangleberry City yeah it's (laughs) it's a one way trip to Dangleberry City like you said
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've heard the culture there is just to die for (laughs)
0: <laughs> I just okay. I,
1: I think the word dingleberry is hilarious um no I just I it brings us up the question of like what is what kinds of amenities are is the employer responsible for providing because the, the purified water well but like like you said it doesn't have to be this particular expensive water I mean it's probably this particular expensive water because Get this employee's water. pref. it's this em, employer's preference right. rather
0: do you I mean, can we just get cheaper water?
1: Yeah. So there's cheaper water. There's just reminding people politely that the water in this particular jug is meant for drinking.
0: I just liked that, though, because if someone wants to do something else with the water, are you really going to tell them, like, no, you're not allowed to do that with the water that I'm letting you have?
1: I think you could just send a polite reminder. They want to splash their
0: face with it.
1: Sink water. I don't know. I think it's appropriate for for an employer who's providing something like that to say, "This is what its intended there are Strings use is. attached to this gift. Just, I, I'm not saying you're going to police the guy, but I think a polite reminder he might stop.
0: Tissues are only for blowing your nose. <laughs> Please do not clean your ears with the tissues.
1: I. I get it. I mean, when you put it that way, of crying, course it sounds do not comical. wipe away
0: the tears with your tissues.
1: But I mean, like, if you had an employee, let's say that was using a fuck ton of paper towels, like it's 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 not about what they're using it for; it's about the amount. Yeah. I, I guess just, you can't be I like a Nazi think, state I of don't like think
0: it's going to cost that much. I really think that some yeah. employees have special accommodations that cost you a little more, and like if if it's the time of you refilling the water all the time or like. I think you can pull this guy aside and say, I don't know or really care what you're using the water for, but I think that you're using a lot of of water. Is there a way that we can switch? I would be direct and private with him and just say that like, if you have a need for more water, maybe we can work something out. Just state the problem that you're trying to solve clearly with him and then ask for his help. Maybe there is an alternative that you haven't considered and couch all of this in a... uh, container of I value as you and you as an employee and I want to make sure that your needs are met while meeting those of the company right and then ask this person for help and I think you're golden that's all you have to do yeah. that's, that's not awkward or offensive
1: yeah because I mean at the end of the day y- you don't care what he cleans his butt with but you also you just have to wash do it <laughs> you have to just be mindful of the expenses as a company
0: mm-hmm. one other solution is you just have a no-butt-wiping policy, and you all come in with poopy buttholes, and it's kind of like a bonding thing where you all just, you know, that's naturally what dogs do. And humans are similar to dogs in a lot of ways, I think you'll find. And mm. so one of them is you could just smell each other's poop all day.
1: Totally. Totally. It's
0: not a place where customers come in, right? It's like kind of an – I'm getting the sense that it's a yeah. isolated workspace,
1: yeah, that, so you know what? Scrap everything else we said. Poop, poopy butthole Fridays.
0: <laughs> How about wipe Fridays and poopy butthole Saturday through Thursdays?
1: <laughs> Whoa, novel.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, let's yeah. move on. I think yeah, that we've we've really, covered every possible. We've reaction. used all the water we need to on yeah. that question. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna take it right up to the the final question of this episode. Sure. Okay. This one comes from Pufferfish, F-I-S-C-H, 5,000. Mm. This guy is perfect. Why don't I like him? I've, 18, been dating this guy, 18, for a few months now, and I just don't feel the same way I did when I was crushing on him. He's polite, kind, smart, genuine, attractive, and really, really likes me. Everyone keeps saying how amazing we are and how it... Definitely seems like you guys are in it for the long run. (laughs)
1: Lol. (laughs) But
0: I can't see him in my future. I'm just finding myself not looking forward to seeing him and wanting to cut our time short. I still like hanging out with him, but I I don't know. I feel awful. Any help?
1: Boy, oh boy, oh boy, how many times I've been in situations like this. Unlike the first question we answered (laughs) where I've never gotten into medical school. Um.
0: And you wipe with toilet paper and all your your employees do as well. (laughs) None of them are Hindu or anything like that.
1: Um, Again, not the most important piece of information there. Um, (laughs) But I think the the first thing I want to say is just I have so much empathy for this scenario, especially when you're applying internal pressure on yourself to feel differently. Other people are trying to push you into doing this or that. And when you're honest with yourself, you're just not feeling it. And that's okay. That's okay. I think Mm -hmm. I've struggled for a long time um, with, you know, either liking someone initially or not really being that into them, but sort of giving them a chance because I thought, oh, my God, they're so great on paper or I should like them Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever. But for whatever reason, Rob's one of those people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which we can get into um great but was my favorite topic <laughs> aren't <laughs> you cracked, so interested crack that open again <laughs> um it's
0: the whole point of this podcast is just, <laughs> just keep trying to convince Morgan she made a mistake
1: <laughs> um but yeah so trying to, trying to force myself or, or, or wage this like uphill battle with myself of like, I should like this person. I should like this person, but I just, I, I don't. And it, and it gives me pain on my own behalf. It gives me pain on their behalf. It, it it ties my, um, my emotions all up and like, well, what are other people going to think? Like, should I try to stay with them, whatever, whatever. Um, and when I was that age, 18 and younger, when, you know, a lot around the age, which a lot of these relationships I'm talking about happened, I didn't have the like self-awareness or personal agency really to say no. I just felt like, oh my God, someone likes me. Like I better make use of this, or, you know, I'm not going to, I'm lonely. I'm not going to find someone else who's interested in spending time with me. There are a ton of reasons we, we stay in relationships that we really on some level know aren't right for us or aren't meeting our needs. And and this one is a pretty fundamental one. So just, I think the first thing I'm really trying to say is give yourself permission to not be into it. It's okay. You can't force it.
0: You don't have to have an explanation for everybody else or yourself you you, it's it's useful to you to be able to pinpoint those things but if this is uh one of the first people that you've dated you might not have that awareness or yet have the experiences to draw the pattern of like oh people who are too nice i don't trust them to stand up for themselves and maybe then i feel like i'm taking on responsibility for them and that is something that like makes me not crush on them as hard as when i they were distant from me maybe it's that maybe it's a hundred other things i don't know Mm -hmm. um I would like to share uh, a little bit of poetry uh, right after I put in this Listerine pocket pack breath strip under my tongue. Um,
1: <laughs> promo code free advice.
0: Promo code free advice. <laughs> You're 18. So maybe you've uh, gotten into poetry at this point. I think probably it's been good for you at some, sometime in the last couple of years. Um, this is the beginning of, or, or close to the beginning of Mary Oliver's wild geese, very famous poem, uh, You do not have to be good. You don't have to walk through the desert on your knees for a thousand miles repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You, you, You don't have to be good. If you don't love this situation, if you don't love this person in that way, you don't have to do it. It is a huge... Mm. I've seen a lot of people that are in relationships because it was the easy thing to do or it seemed like the right thing to do.
1: Or you initially did like them and then you changed your mind.
0: Or you liked who you thought they were before you really got to know them. Yes. The, The point of dating is to get to know people... As individuals and people more generally to learn like, oh, there's this thing that I like and then there's this thing that I don't. And maybe I should try somebody else who has this thing that I like and the opposite of the thing that I don't. And then you realize you were wrong or there's this new issue that comes up. Totally. And like you need experience to figure those things out. That's a smart thing to do. Yeah. yeah, And there's a range of things that work for you right now and a range of things that don't. And that will change over time too. and. Mm This is the hard part about uh, accepting somebody or expressing attraction to them is that maybe they'll disappoint you or you'll disappoint them. Um, Yeah. But there is a kindest way to do it. And I trust that if you uh, consider their feelings and have some compassion for that, this might be hard for them. You will figure out a way to express that it's just not what you're looking for right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the, there, there are like two other kind of chunks of the way, what I want to have said about this, um, which is one chunk is what are some ways you can be open about your emotions while trying to be conscious of the other person's emotions, how to have that conversation. I think that would be really valuable.
0: Sure.
1: Um, And then I want to tell a story that is ongoing (laughs) about like my relationship history that has given me some intel into the, the way that those kinds of situations have unfolded for me over time.
0: I'm most interested in that second one.
1: Of course. Um, so then do you want to quickly rattle off some, like, here's how you can have this conversation?
0: Yeah, sure. Since you're I think that that's sure, what sure. this person's asking for. Okay. Um, nonviolent communication, as we said earlier in the episode of, I see this thing. I feel but in this case, it you, you don't seem to have it identified exactly what's wrong and you don't need to, um, It's just this is an opportunity for you to practice setting your own boundaries and communicating your own wants. That's a tough thing to do that many people are not taught because we want to be able to control children and make them manageable. So like (laughs) as you become an adult, this is something that I learned, I believe, too late on certain Mm -hmm. issues of like learning to individuate and stand up for yourself and yeah. not turn to other people who maybe tell you, oh, you look so happy, you seem so satisfied, this seems so great for you. That's not the internal truth. That People don't have access to what's happening inside of you. They have clues about what your face is doing, your body language, all those things, but you are the only person that yeah. knows, and you really do have to... Turn inward and begin to cultivate this skill of reporting on your internal feelings to other people, even and especially when they dislike it.
1: Yes. And I I, want to tie it back to what we said um, to the first question asker about getting into med school. It's like it's important, even though the violation has already occurred of like the the sister already posted this thing that he didn't Mm -hmm. want. It's still important in order to kind of like restore your sense of self or stand up for yourself or advocate for yourself so that you can kind of maintain this internal consistency of like, I'm someone who stands up for what I need. I'm someone who um, doesn't let myself get walked all over because I love myself. I'm worth it. All those
0: beautiful things. You may feel shame. You may hurt somebody's feelings and feel uh, ashamed of that. And I hope that you can also feel a complimentary, uh, pride of ah, I did the thing that I knew I needed to do to protect myself and, yeah. and trust that as you build that skill, it will make you more confident of your ability to connect with people that you really do want to and pursue other relationships because you've got this tool. You're not going to end up stuck in a situation where you're kind of just like, well, he's nice enough, so I'll go along with it. There's, mm-hmm. I don't have a good reason. A good reason is just that you want something different. It yeah. doesn't have to be something that other people understand.
1: Yeah. Um, And so I think the ways to have that conversation, like Rob said, are just report honestly on your feelings, Um, not to make assumptions about what the other person's feeling or that they did anything to you,
0: Um,
1: but just to say, you know, this is what I'm feeling right now. And you don't have to be that specific.
0: And if they ask if they can change something to make it better for you, maybe if you've identified it, you could ask for that thing. But if it's not something that they can change their behavior, which it probably isn't. Yeah. and just yeah. say no it's it's not your fault it's not something that i want to change about you i don't want you to change yeah. i just
1: and and when it since it is someone for whom you did have feelings you know they might have their own internal battle of like well did i make a mistake somewhere did i what did i do to turn you off what did i do to change how you felt sometimes just the fact that that person is with you and now fully available to you, or like Rob said earlier, you, yeah. you just got to know them better and you know that there's an incompatibility. Like that's not something that they can just shape shift into to change. Yeah. They might, they may be disappointed. They may hate you. They may decide to do their own work to become more attractive in general. It's not, it, it it's not your responsibility either yeah. way.
0: Maybe you'll yeah. have a new relationship with them someday down the totally. road. Totally. You don't need to bring that up now. Uh, Giving them hope for that is not necessarily – it's probably a bad thing right now.
1: And if your friends ask, like, oh, what happened? Like, you guys seem so great together. I mean, you know, it's totally up to you how to answer those questions. Again, similarly, you don't owe them anything. You can just report honestly or you can just, you know, say you weren't feeling it. Whatever. You don't owe them anything. They didn't know.
0: You can live your life for other people (laughs) if you want. I yeah, don't recommend. Many it. people
1: do. Um yeah, so the the personal sort of I mean anecdote is too small of a word because this is going to be like a sweeping
0: multi-pointed
1: tale. Um so I was almost exclusively one of these people who who lived my life for other people. Um all I didn't feel that I had any intrinsic worth or value or entitlement to being happy. I just thought I'm just going to be miserable for the rest of my life. Nothing I do really matters. So who gives a shit? I might as well, you know, Mm. date this person that makes me unhappy. Um,
0: They make you unhappy, but what's good. Do you make them happy? It seems like that. that's
1: the thing. It's like, who even knows? So (laughs) I dated this guy in high school who I initially really liked. I, um, you know, had a crush on him. We talked on AIM all the time. And then we start decided to start dating pressured by some of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were, we were very immature and uncomfortable. Like we, our relationship basically folded into nothing once we were quote unquote dating. Um, you know, it was very like middle school, even though we were in high school, it was less than middle school. It was like lower school.
0: What were the expectations of dating?
1: Um, that's a good question. Well, basically we stopped, we stopped even talking to each other at school. Like to me, it was so uncomfortable. Um, and, and he, I think was perhaps too shy or intimidated to cross that gap. Mm-hmm. So we just didn't talk really. I, I mean, we talked, we would still kind of talk, uh, you know, privately, like over AIM, those kind of things.
0: What did, What felt like it would happen if you talked at school?
1: Nothing. I just didn't want to. Okay. Um. So, it was weird because sim, like, maybe not so similarly, but I did like him initially, and then it was like as soon as we agreed to like quote unquote date and like commit to each other, have some expression of that or some shared sense of like, oh, wait, we're both into each other. To
0: announce that perhaps. I couldn't.
1: I didn't. I was so physically turned off that I felt nauseous. Yeah. Um, almost all the time. Mm. And, um. I didn't think for for a while, I mean, we only dated for like three months, but I didn't feel like I could break up with him. I didn't feel like I could tell my friends. I didn't really want to be with this person. And they would say like, we had mutual friends and those mutual friends would come up to me and say like, oh, this person really wants to talk to you. Like, why don't you talk? You know, it was always, the onus was on me, but I was, I felt really kind of nauseated. And I think that, I think that to me, I was uncomfortable with the fact that someone would have feelings for me, show interest in me because I was so unhappy with who I was. So it was sort of that Woody Allen thing of like, I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that would admit me as a member, um, where you just have such a low opinion of yourself that for someone to say like, Oh, I like you is like, Ooh, now you're in this like category of undateable people because mm-hmm. you like me. Um, it had nothing to do with him. Again, he was super attractive. He was super lovely, kind, sweet, all these wonderful things. Mm-hmm and I liked him up until then. We had, you know, good chemistry, humor, all that stuff. Um and I thought at that point in my life I would never be able to overcome that handicap of not being able to reciprocate affection for someone who showed interest in me, someone who liked yeah. me. And I know that this this poster said, you know, he really really likes me and, you know, I'm not that into it whatever. Um I thought I would never overcome that. I thought I'd be destined to like be alone and hate myself for the rest of my life. Did that change? Very much so. So like with every, huh. with every, um, uh, what's not proceeding, successive? but like follow successive. Thank you. With Every successive relationship I learned, I grew. I, like you said, I got to know what I liked in other people. I got to know what I didn't like in other people. I pursued different people. I evolved and changed and grew because, you know, at 18, there's a lot of room to grow. There's a lot, you're going to change a lot. Um, and I, I did have other relationships where I sort of sacrificed what I want and stayed with them. Didn't speak up about the things that made me uncomfortable. Didn't, didn't advocate for the things that made me more repulsed by them. Um, didn't feel cared for, didn't feel heard, seen, whatever. Um, and it was really only until I started to chip away at the low self-worth issue and uh, start to realize that, oh, my happiness is actually something that's important, not just to my subjective experience, but the health of the overall relationship mm-hmm. and my ability to get to know someone intimately and maturely. Um, and now that I've I've really crossed a certain Cut off threshold where I predominantly think of myself as good and lovable, whereas before I predominantly thought of myself as bad and unlovable, where now I'm attracted to people who validate the sense that I am good and lovable rather Mm -hmm. than people who validate that I'm bad and unlovable by being emotionally abusive in certain ways or whatever. Um, But yeah, I didn't see it at the time. I didn't know. I just thought. Oh God, I have to be with this person forever because yeah. I could never let on that I don't feel the same way or bear the pain of disappointing them. <sighs> Whew! But yeah, it can change. Is the point of all of that? And what you don't, would you
0: recommend a person's first step be to if they want to make that change that you made?
1: Um. Yeah, starting to notice how you're feeling more and more often. Starting to give yourself the space to identify okay not not necessarily even why this is making me feel this or that way but just what are the feelings that mm-hmm. are there um because if you don't give yourself that credit of well let me just investigate and give myself the time and space to like unfold and and investigate who I am at a deep level you're going to kind of keep pushing yourself to the side and not giving yourself mm-hmm. uh credit that you deserve um and when you once you have your emotions identified then it's then starts the process of okay now how do i continue to do this and also stand up for them Mm -hmm. um and then how do i choose different people in my life that help me move in a positive direction and then eventually you'll let those people go too because you'll continue to evolve um but you also you also the more that you advocate for yourself the more that you kind of grow that kernel of yeah i am allowed to pursue my joy and happiness and often people who um are always kind of catering to well what are other people going to think are habitually overlooking their needs and so mm-hmm. I- identifying those needs setting the intention even to identify those needs would be step 0
0: i recommend a journal yeah something that you can express your thoughts to that does not judge you, is incapable of judging you. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you don't have a good therapist-like person in your uh, social circle, sometimes parents can be this, but a lot of times if you tell something to a parent, they're going to express judgment and say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. So a journal, just someplace that you can look over your thoughts, you can read back a couple days and be like, oh, I'm writing the same thing.
1: It's Mm. different situations,
0: but every time I'm saying... I don't feel good. What, what do you feel? Try to be as specific as possible. Um, but that will be a process that you won't initially be a wizard of identifying every single thing and where exactly it comes from. But with practice, you can get better at that. And then that'll help you pick more satisfying relationships or uh, change the relationships you have to better serve you.
1: Another really, really valuable tool um, to kind of overcoming the inability to advocate for yourself or even identify here's a place where I should advocate for myself is to try the scenario on as if you're talking about someone else. Repeat Mm -hmm. the scenario of the details of it as you see it. Like I'm with this person. I'm not really into it, whatever, whatever. My friend. Imagine that it's your friend. What would you tell them? Sometimes you have those moments where it's like, well, no duh. I wouldn't stay with them. Say, tell that person who I love to stay with someone that they don't have feelings mm-hmm. for because they deserve to be with someone who knows how great they are, validates how great they are, whatever. Yeah. And it can be really hard to apply that lens to ourselves because sometimes we have this, this built-in discrepancy, Imagine discrepancy, where we are less valuable as entities than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can come from um, especially growing up in a household where there's a narcissist present, um there's an addict present somewhere somewhere where there are some there's someone else whose needs are habitually mm-hmm. positioned as more important than yours, and you you're always having to just bury them, put them under the rug, or you're shamed for them, whatever. A place where you're not allowed to have feelings and you're made to feel like a second class citizen um, can sometimes give you that unfair preconception where you are just, lesser. You just don't matter as much.
0: Yeah. I, I recommend taking a look at your relationship to each of your parents totally. and the relationship between your parents, because people tend to emulate, uh, people tend to seek out relationships mm-hmm. that feel like their relationship to often their opposite sex parent or whichever parent they're closest with, um, mm-hmm. or the parent of the same gender that they are interested in dating. Um, mm-hmm. Or will just see their parents' relationship as normal, even if it's abusive or toxic or just uh, devoid of love. And they will um, seek relationships that feel that way or look that way because that's what's comfortable. That's what's normal. That's what they grew up with. That's the familiar, that's the safe thing. Yeah. So if you belong to a family where you don't like the way your parents relate to each other or that they don't speak to each other or know each other, then there is some extra work That you have to do compared to people who look at their parents' relationship and say, ah, that's pretty much what I want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's it's a long, difficult battle that you will be fighting to some extent for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking about the kind of growth that I experienced is ongoing and has been happening for over 10 years
0: um, Does it pay off along the way?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's not but black you're not and white. Having
0: to wait for a big payoff down the road.
1: No, because it's not like oh, all of a sudden I'm cured. It's like you 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 make a little headway, and then you make a little more headway, and you experience those benefits. You make a little more headway, and you experience those benefits. But
0: do you see all these relationships that have ended as failures?
1: <laughs> uh, sometimes I will express my emotions right now. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I feel frustration or annoyance when I am asked a question where the person knows the answer.
0: Okay. You don't like that. I said it that that way. I'm trying to speak from the listener's point of view of all of her friends have said, or all of their friends have said, it seems like you two are in it for the long run. So some of these people I'm assuming are going to be like, Oh, the relationship failed or Uh that there's that expectation that people are going to label it that way. So I'm inviting you to provide an alternative take.
1: Yeah. I think that even relationships that, Subjectively, are really difficult or painful, and you know, end in a bat and an end end in an explosive way, or end very shortly after you start dating them. Any relationship is ripe for growth. You can learn a lot about yourself, the way that you relate to others, and within within every totally toxic shithole of a relationship, is a lot of information about how you can do it better next time, how you can love yourself better, um, how you can gain more insight, like Rob was saying, into, okay, what are the underlying dynamics that I'm replicating here without realizing it, um, for, for, good, for better or worse? Um, and, you know, we wish sometimes that all relationships could be the one that means, ah, oh, finally I'm done with this, <laughs> this fucking mm-hmm. painful process and ups and downs. And I finally have security and love and all my dreams will come true.
0: I'm never uh, alone or bored again. Never <laughs> alone or bored again.
1: It's a happy ending, uh, you yeah. know, and you dust your shoulders off, but unlikely <laughs> it's not going to happen. That, te- that type of idealistic view is easily ruptured and mm-hmm. very sort of childlike thinking, not childish, childlike. Uh,
0: and I would say super popular as uh, a modern, uh, Mm -hmm. way of convincing people to buy things and participate in this culture of like there is a true love that if you work hard enough, you'll get it. And if you just make yourself beautiful enough or you just make yourself appealing enough, enough, yeah, yeah, whatever the conditions are, uh, companies and uh, the media are constantly perpetuating this myth that true love solves everything. The true romantic love of a long-term committed married partner, that idea that that will make your life finally worth living and meaningful and give you all that you've ever wanted, that's bullshit. Don't buy into it. It's a trap.
1: Yeah, you you cannot live or you can you can and many people do but you, it's not as satisfying of a way to live um if you're just waiting for other people to rescue you all the time or thinking that your your salvation is only something that can be handed to you by some, someone yeah. else
0: it's uh, no other person can be perfectly attuned to your needs all the time and to expect that from them is to inevitably be disappointed and hold a grievance against them. How didn't they know that I wanted this thing? Why didn't, why didn't they ask me about this thing? What you've got to give it to yourself.
1: Work on. So that's, I mean, I think again, the advice for this person and the advice for literally anyone um, work on creating that or strive towards that more ideal relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. before, um, you know, trying to expect it from a partner.
0: The best time to date people is when you don't want to date them. Mm Mm-hmm because you have everything you need and, oh, that might be nice. But if you're in a state where like, oh, things will finally become good and I'll be able to enjoy my life and move about the world in a way that I like once I have a partner, it's a tough place to date from.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people – an example is like travel. People put off things that, that yeah. will give them pleasure because they're waiting to do it with someone who it's going to be like so magical and mm-hmm. meaningful with. You, you got to create your own – Meaning, Because everything then will – otherwise, everything will like live or die, succeed or fail, um, fly or fall based on something that's completely outside of your control.
0: And I recommend an art form to express yourself through, to create something tangible, whether it's photography, writing, uh, painting.
1: uh, Expressing. Anything where something inside of you – comes mm-hmm. out into the world
0: then you can go to a place and you have your work you have the thing that you would like to make as like as company as something that you can feel into as a, a sounding board a lot of people use only another person for that like mm-hmm. oh that beautiful sunset wasn't worth anything because there was no uh, beautiful woman on my side to smile at me mm-hmm. and look at it well if you bring your paints you you can feel into something it, or whatever it is if you bring your Uh, dancing mat or your (laughs) whatever (laughs) you're fucking just like move in such a way move some part of your body in such a way that it changes something in the world and um, then you can experience things with intention with like a company which is that that thing that you're making
1: yeah and don't be afraid to share things like that with friends you know so Some someone where it's not like oh this person is like the be all end all of my ability to enjoy the world.
0: Friendship is underrated.
1: Totally, because you can have multiple different friends for multiple different reasons that enjoy multiple different interests Mm -hmm. and capture more aspects of who you are. Yeah. Reflect those things back.
0: Great. Great. Good luck to you.
1: We really tied that up.
0: (laughs) I think so. This is the end.
1: This is the end.
0: Good night, everyone. Uh, Tell them how they can reach us.
1: If you want to send us a question for us to dig into on the podcast, send that to freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com, and we would absolutely love to uh, weigh in on whatever situation you've got going on. Nothing too big, nothing too small, nothing too stupid, nothing too weird, nothing too gross, nothing too shameful, whatever the fuck. That's it, guys. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye.